Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast, a podcast about sharing stories on the struggles and successes of real life healthy living for the family. From easy ways to get your kiddos to eat more fruits and veggies to finding what works to feeling your best through moving more. A resource for moms with ideas for fitting it all in. <laughs> Cut the baloney of the food shaming or the guilt of not making the picture perfect lunches and keep the focus on you doing your best you. Join us as we talk to mom experts in their fields as they share their best advice on what is working for them and relish in the laughs on the things that have not worked. Let us learn from each other on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. She's so good. How did she just, just, you just have a really good way of making the reader feel good. It's just a big hug. Welcome. I'm Stacey Mitchell. And today on the podcast, we talk with one of my dear friends, Mary. Mary is a mom of three, two-time blogger and food scientist. She brings her expertise to exploring the world of food science at her blog, foodsciencesecrets.com. Mary is one of the sweetest people I know, and I adore her work on both of her sites. She writes effortlessly at therootandbloomforever.com, providing her baking expertise and inspiring women in all realms of life. Oh, and I forgot to mention, she makes the best caramel apples. They are amazing. I was totally blown away with these at a school bake sale. <laughs> but today she talks about how to make your own at-home food science lab right in your kitchen. I love this idea so much. I am no food scientist and not even sure where to start with this concept. And that is why I called Mary. She provides mind-engaging STEM activities with helpful tips to get started. From the tools and experiments, Mary is here to help all moms provide a little science at home in the kitchen. Okay, so Mary, you are one of my favorite people. I mean, I see you in the van or, you know, you're running down the road and it's like, hey, (laughs) right? Um, So we met, oh my gosh, probably a couple years ago. Thank goodness to preschool. I have met so many friends through my kids' preschool. And Mary was one of them with her smiling face. So Mary, tell everyone who you are and what you do. Yeah, well, likewise, Stacey, first of all. (laughs) I, um, I, well, okay, so first, first off, I'm a mom of three kids. I am constantly on the lookout for new ways to keep my kids active and excited to learn new things. Um, so mom is probably my, my number one job title. I am a food lover. I am constantly devouring beautiful cookbooks and foodie cup publications. I love to cook and bake and try out new recipes and tinker with new ingredients. And I love to eat. So um, I'm always in the kitchen. Professionally, I am a food scientist. So um, I've worked with different companies in a food science capacity as a um, product developer, largely. But I've held a variety of other um, related job titles as well. Awesome. Um what made you want to go into the food scientist degree, food science degree, I should say, because I looked at that and there was a lot more science. So I was like, well, I'm going to be a dietitian. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Come on. Well, yeah. Like I, um, you 
you're right. It is it is a pretty <laughs> hefty portion of chemistry and microbiology and math in school. But um, I really love about food science that it's that um, fusion of art and science. And I mean, you know, amongst them, there's this recurring debate on whether cooking and food is more art or more science. And yeah. I love that about my job because I, I kind of feel like that's the work of a product developer, which is what I do. Um, you know, we kind of thrive in that fuzzy area between art and science. And I love that about my job. That's a great way to just narrow that down. I love that. Very cool. Um, yeah. So what is a food scientist? And what do they do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, like I said, a food science is a technical degree. So mm-hmm. so there's a lot of that core science in school. Um, after graduation, many of us work in R&D or research and development at a food company. And we develop new food products that you might find in the grocery store or in restaurants. Awesome. And that's what I do. Okay. So we design and develop formulas, ensure the safety and overall performance of a food product. Um, I work with a lot of different amazing people in culinary science and nutrition and engineering and production and packaging and design and marketing and so many others. Um, and that's, that's, that's my role, but not everyone with a food science degree works in R&D or even does product development. Um, food scientists can be a lot of different people in a lot of different companies. Um, just to give you a quick example, there yeah. are food scientists who um, they make food for particular or specific populations. So um, a lot of CCG companies now are developing products for people with food allergies. That's one that a oh lot of gosh. us are familiar with. Huge, right? Yeah, really big. <sighs> but, you know, we've become so familiar because we see those products in a grocery store. Yep. But there's also a need for food scientists to develop products and systems for impoverished countries, uh, for NASA, oh elderly, gosh. and so many other people and places. And so it's a pretty, it's a pretty versatile career path. The job opportunities are huge. It seems like in any direction that you kind of love and veer toward, right? Yeah. You can definitely tailor the degree to, to, um, you know, suit your interests. Yeah, for sure. I remember in college, I don't know if it was a professor or if it was, I can't remember. I think it was a professor, but was there, (laughs) don't laugh at me here, but I feel like there was, (laughs) I feel like there was like an Iowa State professor that made Pop-Tarts, that invented Pop-Tarts. Oh yeah, I had him. I had him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I think it was a product development class and he did, um, yeah, he was one of the, I'm pretty sure, maybe we said that wrong, but he was definitely connected to the Pop-Tarts. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Or toaster, toaster strudels, was it maybe? I don't remember. It was something maybe like that. Was. And I was just like, that guy's a genius. Like, I love toaster I strudels. I grew up on toaster strudels. And, and he made I that. Know. So yeah. <laughs> I do remember <laughs> one of my favorite classes would, was Food Science 360. And you had to develop a product, but the product had to have like um, a boost of nutrition. And um, we made a breading with flaxseed. Another one we um, we we pretty much made vitamin water. So I mean, we should have taken that to the to to the to the store right away. But uh, that's that, right. That was that definitely one of my favorite classes for sure. Making those types of foods. 
Oh, so. yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think I took a little different class with a different emphasis, okay. but like very similar. Yes. <laughs> I bet. I bet. What kind of jobs have you had in the past then? Or like say after okay. college? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I worked for one of the largest and most recognizable food companies in the world and for regional companies and for small more entrepreneurial companies. Um, but yeah, I kind of span the span the gamut there. But um, throughout my career, I've worked primarily in R and D, doing product development. Uh, right out of college, I worked in the ice cream industry, developing oh. ice cream flavors. Oh my gosh! It's a total did you have, dream. Did you have to taste test everything too? Yeah, it's in the job description, you know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. And um, but then I uh, then I got married and I went to. Um, uh, a new company, and I switched out I- tasting ice cream on spoons to tasting mayonnaise on spoons, which wasn't exactly the same thrill, but I did love the job just as much. So, uh, <laughs> so I've, I've, most of my work has been the um, sauces and dressings category. So Ooh. salad dressing, barbecue sauces, ketchups, mayonnaise, those kinds of things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I did so- not know that. Yeah, I, I really love it. I really love it. Oh, so cool. Okay, so we have, we know that you're the expert in the food science and you're a wonderful mom. Um, how do you carry those two together across? Like, do you bring the science in at the home to, to your kids or how does, what does that look like? Yeah, well, you know, I think as moms, I think we find ways to bring our interests and our passions like we just incorporate it into daily life in different ways uh-huh. and like way. you mentioned like that's that's an interest of mine so I love to have my kids in the kitchen and I think um I think <laughs> this know, is why Mary is so sweet she loves her kids in the kitchen <laughs> me I'm like you can go and I'll make it <laughs> Well, I you know I do not have a perfectly clean kitchen either. I, I have to say that, but um, but yeah, I mean, I just I, I enjoy finding just finding different ways to kind of bring um, bring that food science or uh, kitchen curiosity to my kids. And awesome. I know, as luck may have it, they kind of like being in the kitchen, so and it usually works out okay. Oh, that's good. That that's very helpful. That's a good start. And you do have a blog. It's based on the food science part of it. What's that called again? Yes, yes. Foodsciencesecrets.com is the name of the blog. Awesome. And I started it. Oh my gosh! I it had to have been maybe ten years ago, maybe more. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was like when everybody's talking about food blogs and you didn't have to press with all right back end stuff. You know, you just put it out there and uh, I started it because um, people kept asking me questions like, you know, is it better to thicken gravy with cornstarch or flour? Um, like, why Why does a pint of ice cream cost more than one of those big jugs of family vanilla, you know? And so I, it was just kind of a creative outlet at the time where, you know, I was reading about things or seeing things on Food Network or um, come across trends in my professional life. And oh my gosh, I, I love just it. pop them up and, and uh-huh. it was just kind of a kick. But so, yeah, throughout the years, I've kind of kept it going. Some years it's definitely updated more frequently than other years. But, um, but yeah, so, yeah, you can find it. It's, it's out there. There's some kind of fun things on there in regard to um, kitchen science and some 
some labs and experiments. Oh, I love it. All those things where you're thinking of, does this work or not? So you, you have them all nailed down then. Well, some of them. <laughs> some of them. Right. <laughs> some failures oh. I've had, especially, yes. Oh. Um, so if people want to kind of bring the real science into the home, any suggestions you have for, let's say, for the, the, the younger kids, like under eight, um, what okay. can moms do? Yeah. Okay. So um, under eight is, is such a fun age, but you got to be ready to pivot, I think, <laughs> right. right? Like, don't all of us moms know that about attention span and little? Yes. So usually what I try to do is I try to set up like a for my, my young kids. Um, it's just kind of a place for them to tinker and to explore. And so I put out like a little cookie sheet. Okay. And then I make sure I have all of my materials and tools ready. And I will say that tools is a big winner at our Ooh, house. So, okay. Yeah. So when we're cooking, that's a little bit different set of tools because we use like age-appropriate knives and spatulas and colorful ingredients and, you know, things you, you would do as you cook. Um, the kitchen science tools are what my kids say is really fun stuff, you know. Okay, so what does so, that involve? <laughs> well, usually it's just kind of um, a smattering of, of different things. Like I have plastic pipettes and beakers Ooh. and way boats or containers, spoons, plastic gloves, okay. um, pH paper. Um, and usually I, I we end up with food coloring and... Um, and, and we kind of go from there. Oh, and a lab notebook. We, okay. we use a lab notebook. And um, it is actually one of my kids' favorite parts, and mine too, because we work through, like, um, the scientific method, you know. Oh, my gosh. And it's, no, no, no. I this, love it. You, no, I like it. Listen, like, it sounds super geeky, but you're going to love it. Because okay. for moms, it's a great way to, like, feel like you're incorporating some education but it keeps the kids really busy too. So they're, it's not like they have to have any sort of particular structure, but they're asking questions oh. and they're, they're writing down their observations. Awesome. So for kids that are closer to eight, they might be actually writing and reading and recording um, a hypothesis or something like that yes. and then testing their theories. For really little ones, they might be drawing pictures, you know, okay. and that's yeah. okay. That's right. But, you know, anyway, my kids, they, they really kind of dig it. So, <sighs> um, so yeah. So, for under eight, I think getting your setup is kind of a big thing. Okay. Um, as far as specific ideas for experiments, you looking for anything or you just... Yeah, yeah, share if you have anything. any. Yeah, and we yeah? can always... Okay. Um, if we can always provide like some pictures and links and stuff like that oh, okay. um, as we talk. Sure. So if anything pops in your head, we will just add those in the show notes. Okay. All right. Do, don't okay. I sound so, like a professional podcaster here? Well, I think you are. Yes. <laughs> when I, I say show I notes. sounding good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. So for under eight, we'll start, we'll start there. I think the biggest thing at this age is, to help this child have fun and be excited and start to think like a scientist. Oh, it's so, so cute. Okay. You know, right? Yes. So, yes. What, so what's that mean, thinking like a scientist? Like, I, I really think that if you can help them with um, 
like we said, with that lab notebook. And you guys can talk about a plan, but then you just listen to their questions. Uh-huh. And then you let the questions kind of start to roll oh. and then you start to design your experiment. Oh my gosh. You yes. know, then you're off to the races. Yes. So I try to remember that when it comes to these little guys, like anything that stinks or bursts with color or blows up, like oh. usually gets them amped up. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of ideas. I'm not going to give you too many because I think I could ramble all day here, but um, we will we will add more resources. So don't worry. No, no, no. Okay, no. okay. Yes. yes. So um, a couple of quickies. One of my favorite ones is um, exploring acidity. Okay. Acids and bases is a really key concept in food science, mm-hmm. and even these kids under eight can understand a little bit about acidity. You know what what does acid or acidity mean to the flavor of a food? And what does it do to the shelf life of the food? So, so good. you can, right? It's mm-hmm. easy. You could like, it really you is. can find pH paper on Amazon. Um, yes. You can find um, different ingredients in your fridge, orange juice, milk, honey, pop, you know, any number of things. And then you start to do a little taste test and you, you match up your pH paper and you, you start to talk about key science concepts, but in a really accessible and easy way for your child to understand. I love um, it. So I love it. an easy one. Yes. Easy, right? And I, keep that lab notebook handy, yeah? I, I mean, you can order anything <laughs> on Amazon, so why not buy the, the pH paper, the lab notebook, heck, even the beakers and stuff, just to have, you know, make it more fun for yeah. them. Yeah. Well, our family, as I said, our family enjoys it, and, and it's I use them all the time, you know? So, um, so cute. let me think of some other ones. Uh, for littles, another one is the vinegar volcano, which I'm sure you yes. remember from school, right? Yes. Okay. But have I done it so, with my kids? No. Um, well, you will now. You will. <laughs> right? I will now. Easy, right? <laughs> yes. yes. And so for anybody who doesn't know, the vinegar volcano is like a really basic experiment, and there are dozens of variations. But the whole idea is you have um, a container with vinegar and a container with baking soda. And you let your students um, mix the two and essentially a bubbly frenzy result. Right. So you can use it in so many different ways. For really little kids, um, we like to add food coloring and then we talk about color mixing and things like that. Yeah. And for some of my older ones, we swap in different acids and bases and compare like strengths and solutions. Okay. So I think oh it gosh. kind of... I feel like specific, I'm in my you know? chemistry lab right now, for sure. Oh, when you bring back these and it's like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but I think like that's the thing. It's like, you know, we see so many of these these little science experiments on Pinterest or, uh-huh. um, or wherever, you know, making ice cream in a bag or shaking up yes. butter or whatever the case is. But so often we stop with um, just making the recipe. Right. And i that's where I kind of get excited is because if you want to, and certainly shouldn't feel any pressure to, <laughs> but if you want to, you can take it the next step and help them understand that there's there's some real science going on and there's some real world application going on. You know? Totally. So, anyway. Totally. We have the youngers. Now, I have a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old. They're not always excited, um, 
but how do I get them maybe a little bit more excited? And, um, you know, my seventh grader, she's learning kind of the scientific method and these things. So yeah. they should be familiar. So what do you got for, for the older kids? Okay. So, so this is what I love is this area. And I think it's because it's kind of a white space. Mm-hmm. Because I really think there's a lot of good STEM resources for early elementary kids in that food and agriculture area, like like how does a seed grow yes. or simple farm to table lessons. But then don't you think like there's this big jump between like, I don't know, like ages fifth grade to eighth grade or somewhere yeah. in there. And they start talking about like what you were saying. They get into real chemistry or biology or microbiology concepts <laughs> in their science classroom. Mm-hmm. And I think like, Often, you know, as parents, some of the things that we're more familiar with get lost in that jump as far as bringing the science home. But I love it in the kitchen because I think it's a terrific place for students to connect the dots. And if you do it right as a parent or an educator, you can use that kitchen science to bring those textbook concepts to life. So let's say like, um, okay, so maybe, maybe your students learning about microorganisms or something. Okay. So maybe you'd explore yeast. There's tons of experiments with yeast and bread baking and those kinds of things. Or maybe you explore food preservation. Again, there's so many experiments about food preservation. Um, Maybe your kid is learning about endothermic and exothermic reactions. Well, then maybe we bring back that ice cream in a bag because that's a great example. Oh, my gosh. And I'll just put the picture. Yeah. So, okay, so how does the student engage? First, I think it would be key to ask them what they want to learn about. Or if you're super tricky, maybe you could peruse their science book or something. You're very smart, yes. (laughs) Ask them first, and then they get a little bit more interested. You're right. Yes. Do you think? I mean, that always works for us, uh, at least a little bit better. Right. Um, But another thing to try, and especially if you're uncomfortable with um, getting too sciencey, I guess, you know, you can you can always turn to those life experiment or life experiences or trends that you might have seen at the store. So, for instance, maybe someone in your family or someone you know is gluten intolerant. Uh huh. So maybe you start talking to your, your child about what gluten is and what it does and why it's in food products. So then maybe that leads you down the path of making homemade pizza dough. And for one version, you use wheat flour and another version, you use rice flour. Oh. And then all of a sudden you're comparing. Yes. So what's different about the two textures and how does gluten impact a food product? Oh my gosh. I so that's it. kind of a real world. Here's one that um, comes to mind because taste tests, I think, are always fun. They love that. But I don't know. Like, do your kids have questions? I know a lot of adults have questions about food labels and, like, what is this chemical-sounding ingredient? And yeah. Why is the food label so wrong? Yeah. Okay. So here's one that we kind of riff on a lot. Okay. Um, so chocolate chip cookies. You know, we love chocolate chip cookies. We make them all the time at home. So you make up a batch of chocolate chip cookies and they're so good out of the oven. And then they're still pretty good later that night or maybe even the next day. But what if you leave them on the counter for a couple of days? You know, like what is, what's your child observing at that point? What happens to the texture or the flavor, right? Yeah. So then Uh you start to ask them, 
well, what happens if they wanted to sell their cookies and they wanted to ship them across the country? Well, what kinds of things would they put in place? How would they change the recipe to change the quality and the texture and improve the product? And how would they design a food package? So I think some of those things are kind of fun ways to get them thinking about STEM concepts and food science in a, in, in a method that's not so much like sit down and write in your lab notebook, you know? Well, yeah, so, you got uh, the experiment, the science part of it, and heck, even an art project of making a food label or, you know, a, a, a design yeah. of a package even, like you said. So, yeah. 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 A lot is covered yeah, exactly. within that. Yeah, I love I love all of the variety that you can really incorporate when you're bringing your kids in the kitchen and and honestly like it doesn't it doesn't have to be super science heavy. I mean, that's what I like, so that's what we do. Right. But like you said, if you want to bring in more of that creative side, you can do that and I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but honestly like no matter the specific topic that my student wants to explore, like <laughs> we usually have the bonus of a few peripheral learnings, like okay. the reading instructions, like a recipe or a yep. formula. They have to practice precision and measuring. Mm, they're yeah. working through that scientific method and they're doing, they're learning some life skills, you know? They really are. So, and yeah. as my kid get old, gets older, um, I realize my I only have like what five or six more years with my thirteen year old, and I'm like, oh my god, we have to make sure you know how to make this and this and this. Yeah. So yes, those uh, ingredients, you know, reading recipe instructions and all that stuff, and how to make those, uh, those are all very helpful to know. Yeah. And um, you know, just where are the measuring cups, right? <laughs> Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when when my kids ask me that, I always feel like, "Ooh, I didn't you, I didn't teach you that." <laughs> Mom I fail. have those moments. Mom fail right <laughs> there. I'm like, "Ooh, that's not good." <laughs> oh, no. I love it. You have so much excitement for this. You can see that you just exuberate this love for food and the science apart and understanding it. So, um, so I much do fun. I love it. I love, I it. love it. Okay, Mary. So what I need to get for my next experiments, I would say some pH paper and my lab notebook. What would be some other, uh, must haves that I should have in my kitchen? Yes. Just well, to- um, some good things to get you started. We use those plastic pipettes all the time. Okay. I um, bought those for a craft project. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And you can get them in big quantities or smaller. Uh, we use spoons all the time. Okay. We use, um, like I said, food coloring, sprinkles, and those... uh, marshmallows. Okay. Kid-friendly, fun ingredients all the time. Oh, I bet this... Anything that you think could expand or shrink or explode or you know change color those kinds of ingredients are what I'm always kind of looking to stock the pantry with and you're gonna Um, help me um put together like a a list of all this stuff and how to's right yes you sure (laughs) yeah Yeah, sure okay okay, I will say there's a couple of things if you go to um on the blog on my blog there's a link to a couple of different experiments okay, and fantastic. a lab notebook. Oh, I love it. Yes. That might get you 
started. I don't yes. think I have a list of like, you know, um, items. Okay. Okay. But, but the pipette. But really, that's kind of the yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. We'll link your food science secrets. Yep. Okay. Um, those pipettes. I was just thinking that would be fabulous because I, <laughs> I remember back in chemistry lab where you would have like, you know, ten little drops. Like you could really yeah. get precision, uh, heavy on this. Plus, kids just like to squirt, don't they? Right? Yeah. And, you know, I've seen so many places, and especially for, like, preschool kids or younger, you know, like, that fine motor skills. Yeah. So I don't right. really feel bad about, like, letting them just think with them, you know, because, I don't know. Well, it and, made me think that maybe there's something good there. Well, and then they just kept busy, too. I mean, they're still buying you. Yeah. And they're yeah. having fun by mom. So, oh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, my two youngest ones, they... We we do this silly thing like kitchen potions, you know. Okay. And I basically put in front of them like a bunch of random ingredients, and then I just let them put them into a bowl. Okay. <laughs> Which is like the silliest, easiest thing, but it occupies them for a really long time. If you're missing dinner or if you have a phone call, you know. I, I mean, it. it does create a mess. I will say <laughs> that it does create a mess. You have to clean up. So, what are but, those things that you uh, let them explore with? What would be um, some examples? Yeah. Well, I usually set out like little jars. So, um, okay. you know, what works well is like those yogurt containers, the glass ones. Okay. Or, um, I don't know if people say whether containers or not, but we use those glass ones. Uh-huh. And, um, and then I just fill them with stuff, like whatever I have in the fridge or the pantry, like maybe orange juice or yogurt or breadcrumbs or coffee grounds or, you know. Usually I try to stick with things that if they eat, they're not going to, like, have a reaction to, obviously. <laughs> but, like, you know, any number of things. So I try to go for things that, that smell. So I'll put in, like, um, cinnamon, brown yeah. cinnamon or something. Or things that, um, you know, things that react in a funny way. So I always put in, like, water and then vinegar. So okay. they'll put, they'll add one to the bowl and nothing reacts. And then they'll add the other to the bowl and they're like, oh, I did something, you know. <sighs> So um, I love it. That's right. That's exactly what I want want to hear from you or, or those little things that you're doing right at home. Um, so good. So good for all of us to just yeah. kind of venture in and do that well, as well. Easy. Yeah. yeah, it's easy. And you don't have to stress. You can just pull out what you have in your pantry and put that in front of them and they have fun and, you know, you get something done. So. Oh, Mary, you are so good at this. And this is exactly what we need because... I'm not a food scientist. My mind is not thinking like that. And we need you to tell other moms out there um, these little tidbits of things so our kids can really get used and have fun in the kitchen. So thank you so much. We will totally be sharing your website and the links that we have provided. Um, you're, you were just such a joy. And it was so wonderful to have you on and catch up, honestly. So... <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, thank you for having me. It was really a pleasure. Thanks, Mary. Well, that wraps up another episode. I had such a fun time talking with Mary, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. And who knows, maybe you'll even add a little science to your kitchen at home with your kiddos. Thank you so much for joining us at the Daily Dietitian Podcast. Until next time.